Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Reno's in. Justin Watkins is in. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno here on a Wednesday. We're at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Um, I do want to just finish up what we were just talking about. You know, we constantly, I love talking about the NBA, uh, the era stuff, the comparisons, I think, are really silly because of the evolution of the game, the evolution of the coaching, the evolution of the bodies, the size, the skill. Um, I can't wait until people say that like Victor Webanyama couldn't play in 1968. If any, I I read a whole profile on him and what they're doing from a scientific standpoint with this kid. He is he is seven foot five in shoes, and he came to town in a G League exhibition three months ago and scored 37 points and had seven three pointers. He's literally a two guard at seven foot five. That is. Like, it's unheard of. It doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be great because the other cool thing in the feature was they his trainers are like, you have to get 11 hours of sleep a night. Like, they're babying him so much right now. It's basketball and sleep. They work on his feet every day because they recognize that big men in the past have had, you know, when you're that big until you're fully grown, you're, you're going to have you know, foot issues. So there's all of that. But I just – we came out of last hour and we, we kind of ended it quickly there. There was a debate the other day about – you know, 80s basketball and the physicality with which they played on defense. And it's a lie. And I like to point it out like there's there's video and it was, you know, Mad Dog, a 63 year old and J.J. Redick, who just got out of the game. And Redick is just like, will you stop with this, please? And I'm not here's the thing. I'm not saying 80s players weren't great. I'm not saying 80s players couldn't play now. I'm not saying Larry Bird couldn't deal with holding and more clutching and running through 17 picks. He just didn't have to. And you have to mention that and not lie the other way and say that he went through some, you know, brutality defensively. And again, I'm talking about the 70s through about 87, 88. I recognize that when the Pistons came along, the game changed. And, you know, the Anthony Masons of the world were coveted. Well, now it's changed back. It's more open, but they also play very sophisticated defense. The other thing they do is every once in a while, uh, a big could actually come out and freaking hard hedge. They never did it in the 80s. Bigs are more athletic now, too, and they can move. So defense against the pick, which is the basic move of strategy in basketball, has changed. I am saying 80s players couldn't play today because that's just scientific fact. Uh, but I like it's a silly it's a silly discussion. It, you just go back and watch. You're like, oh yeah, well, yeah, but they right. keep having it. I know, but it's it's just because people don't want to pay attention or don't watch it because the the, the way you can tell it's a really stupid discussion is because you'll you'll say to them, you know, like, well, why do you think this? Well, look how many points they scored. There were such great offensive players. You're like, yeah, because they didn't play defense. No, they were even better defensively. You can't, that's ridiculous. It's They didn't play defense then. Watch a game. They're just standing in lane letting guys go by. Like, okay. And now they're just so much better athletically. It's crazy when you watch. Just watch them side by side. I told I told you this before, but we, we had this argument with my uncle and my grandfather like 20 years ago where we were, we were saying how much better basketball was 20 years ago than it was when they were growing up. No, it was not. You should have seen these guys. You should have seen Koozie handle the rock. Like, okay. Then we turned on we turned on the video of it. We had the old tapes. It was like an old uh, Sports Illustrated tape or whatever it was. We're like, this is how he dribbled. Well, I don't remember that. Exactly. Exactly you didn't. It's easy to go back and watch. That's all you have to do. <laughs> and I think people have a hard time admitting that, you know, what they perceived when they fell in love with the game that that wasn't the pinnacle of it, right? you know, and, and as they move on and they become adults and their interest kind of wanes and they can't stay on top of it. Like they were fully engrossed with it when they were a kid, teenager, or you know, maybe even a little bit older, but when they fell in love with whatever sport that is that they're watching, 
that's the golden era. Yeah. You know, and they just, it's, I think psychologically you have a hard time admitting well, a, that's not the case. There's a bigger picture. We, as we get older, you know, a lot of us feel fragile and like the world is passing us by and we have a little bit of jealousy and it must, it must be getting worse. That's why I feel worse. No, it's getting better. Right. Like wait, there, there was a, I don't even want to get into it. I was just, you know, there was, I, I almost sent you a story today. Justin Watkins is with us, a, a legal story. Well, we can hit on another time just about the advancement of DNA and they just solved the case um, from a murder in like 1974 and it was like described as oh, just horrific. This guy was a serial rapist, just an awful human being, just disgusting. And I, I then I thought started thinking about people who say it's so much worse now. And I'm like, wait, the 70s were like the serial rapist and killer era. Yeah. Oh, like, we, like, we just, like I don't like this this blanket statement that people are worse in general. Like, I don't know if they are, but because you were young and kind of feeling good about yourself and maybe you didn't you didn't notice all the negatives about the world you glamorized that time. I don't know. And well, I also don't want to sit there and pat ourselves on the, like, go, what, how come we, you know, how come we evolve and we can recognize this? Well, I think I, I, a big part of that is like, um, the access to information that you have today and yeah. the prevalence of that it's being shoved in your face about how dangerous the world is when by every single metric, the world is a much safer place today than it was for us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying us here, you know, in our teenage and adolescent years and, how much safer it was for us in our teenage and adolescent years than it was for our parents teenage and adolescent years um but it is getting crammed down our throat about how every little incident that happens and i don't mean little as in it's not impactful or meaningful but but every single instance that happens across the nation yeah. makes national news and so we have frightened ourselves so much so that it's difficult for parents to let their kids go walk to the store that's a couple of blocks away. Um, and frankly, my wife and I have this conversation all the time. It's like, I feel comfortable that I've prepared my kids for that ability to go walk down. Like our grocery store is, you know, almost a mile away, but I feel that I've prepared my kids for that. But I also think it's very likely if I were to let my kids do that, that some other parent or the police would stop them <laughs> and, and then like question, and then I would get in trouble for letting my kids walk to the store that was a mile away when we did things 10 times as far as that. But I'll say this, Justin, and these are two facts. One, crime is down from the 80s. Yep. Tweets about it are way up. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we're bombarded with negativity. That's, that's yeah. a fact. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. All right, let's take a positive angle. Let's bombard people with positivity. And then it'll get negative. Uh, we're following Adam Hill's efforts to shame people around town with his trivia team. Just one part as, of a team. As, it's, not, as, it's not my team. It's as one, they I'm go one, from bar to link, bar. Just one link. They go from bar to bar to destroy people in trivia. Last night, I feel bad. I will admit I feel bad. I told you I was going to dinner, but we were going to come down and support you guys and your your quest for a six-peat at some local bar restaurant yeah. with trivia. It was our first road win. Usually we go to the same one every week, and we're, we've been dominating. This week, this week we were busy tonight. We couldn't do it, so we had to go to a Tuesday night. Went on the road, just kind of dominated. I think we're already hated at the new bar too. I love it. I love it. We're very I, obnoxious about I, it. I, I well, whoever won the pre, whoever wins is obnoxious about it wherever. So you might as well go around stomping. I, I I hope you do all aways from here on out. Rotate around the city on various trivia nights. 
and you know become the the, the barnstormers. The yeah. Of, yeah. Why don't you why, actually? City. Why don't you do? Why don't you make it more challenging? Why don't you announce on the air where you're going? Then people can show up and root against we you. We did who last week. Even, who aren't even playing? And then good teams can form together and go. I want a piece of them. Yeah. It's like a Clint Eastwood movie with trivia. We did last week. We said, File, "Where's Philo Beto? Let's let's fight." We Come said on. Wednesday nights at Tanea. If you want to go down there and and compete with us, you can. That's fine. Uh, but we just couldn't do it this week. So we that's why we had to do a different night. And it's the same. It's the same, like company. That does a Tuesday night oh, one, so no, we went to, to a different out. one. You got to branch out. Well, it's different. It's different people you compete against, obviously. It's no, different, I know. different crews. But but, but mm. if it's the same company, the Sounds same like trivia, the game. Okay. connoisseur, then the categories look mm. similar. Mm. Sure. Questions we look lo- similar. The clues are similar. We do. We have tried other ones, and we've done well at other ones. We just we like the format that this well, one of course, is it, for sure. It plays to your strengths clearly. A little bit yeah there's a little bit of that uh and we have a very the the diversity of the crew in terms of the knowledge that people have like well, sam gordon uh obviously a writer here at town who's phenomenal is his literature knowledge incredible and i've never read a book in my life it's great we're tough we're tough to compete with i feel like we're i good. love it i, I love it you got you gotta you gotta take it on the road you gotta go i think only on the road take it take a every other week Every other week on the road. We just we really like the, the bartenders. Today. Well, that's like why the, you go every okay, other week. Okay, okay, that's fine. It's good. But okay. yeah, bring it on. Wednesday nights, most weeks at Tanea, bring it on. Number three. What's going on with uh, Novak uh, Djokovic, tennis player? So he still is not allowed into America to compete in tennis. Uh, obviously, as a very outspoken uh, anti-vaxxer. Uh, Australia did lift theirs for him to let him in to play uh, some tournaments earlier this year, but... The U.S. has not done it. He is appealing and saying, let me in. I want to come play. So that's his uh, his quest right now. And he, I think the other issue is that he's, just, he's not a good person in general. It's not just this. And people are focused on this. And I think people have rallied around like, hey, the, the, the anti-vax people are like, let him play. And the and the pro-vax people are like, don't let him play. It's, it's more about just, it's not a good dude. Is it time we chill on all this? Everyone, think- everyone gets to do everything. I think so. I think so. It's, it's time. It's time to do it. I mean, the, here's the thing: they've already announced the date at which they're going to stop requiring this, yeah. May 11th. So, so magically on May 11th, all of a sudden, COVID poses no risks. No. It's just an arbitrary pick date, and there's no reason that that date shouldn't just be today. Like, oh, I'm for I'm for letting everyone else in. Yeah. Just not him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not. It shouldn't. I'm not arguing about the mandates or the the vac. It has nothing to do with vaccination. Don't let him in. Yeah. I don't. I don't know anything about the man. I'll just say, like, in in the question of should he get an exemption, we should all get an exemption. Just drop it right now. There's. I, I just don't understand the policy behind an arbitrary date that's picked, especially when you're removing um, protocols, not adding them. I get it. When you're adding them, you need time to implement. But we're literally removing protocols, protocols that, frankly, don't really mean anything i've been you've flown internationally i've flown internationally you know you've got to show it your 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 uh negative test or you got to show your vax to the to you know the agent they they don't not looking at a single one of those they're getting thousands of those papers a day and so i, I don't know that it is even an effective uh tool at the current moment but it should be dropped let's just rewrite the rewrite the regulation everyone's allowed in except for him okay and carmelo Number two. So yesterday, Adam went in on Matt Ryan, who wants to do more TV after his career, the uh, former Falcons and Colts quarterback. 
I still don't understand why. I don't understand why there are so many people. Maybe it's media jealousy and you guys want the jobs. But I think athletes going to broadcasting can be really good. Now they have to be coached. They can't be lazy. Um, I kind of like what happened to Drew Brees. It was a little abrupt, but it sounded like he really didn't want to work at it. Paying him a lot of money. And they're like, hey, you're not up to snuff. Sorry, your name isn't enough. You know, we never commented on the fact, which I this I talk about red meat feeding people what they want. Derek Jeter is going to work with Fox <laughs> on their baseball coverage. What do you think of this? How about you, Justin? Derek Jeter, come on, Jeets. I know, let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Yankees fan. I... You know, and Derek Jeter, I think, is largely overrated in my eyes. As a player, how dare you? Yep. Yeah. How dare you? So, Preaching to the choir. But, but, he, but he did play his whole you know, career in New York, which is media capital, and so he might be really good at it. I don't know. I'll wait to see. Um, but just because it's Derek Jeter doesn't mean I'm going to watch. You know, they have Wayne Gretzky on the new TNT um, coverages of the NHL, and I certainly don't watch to – to watch him well, give any commentary. Right? I don't think he's, he's very good. He's so dynamic. Such a personality. <laughs> well, but, but, but that's but what I'm but talking just because about. Gretzky's not good or Joe Montana sucked doesn't mean that Jeter and Brady will stink. Right. They might be good, but their name alone isn't going to be what? enough for me to watch. Why'd you leave off Matt Ryan? You know he's going to stink. That, I don't know that point. he's going to stink. I'm not against – like, I I sing the praises of several athletes. Do a, I, we talked about – Taylor Lawn and Will Compton earlier. You know, I you know how I feel about Pat McAfee doing the show. Like interesting people should go into media. Not but I, but I don't dull, think, bo- boring dullards. I don't think you should judge off of how they deal with the media when they're a player. I think there's always a lot more behind the scenes potentially that they can bring to a broadcast. Big Four Four is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Calling for anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. <laughs> It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Legal insider, also a contributor on lots of different topics. Towards the end of the hour, we're going to talk about more and more stories coming down the pike about the A's to Vegas. Adam Hill is here. Justin Watkins, 766-1400 is a number. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada to Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Just to finish up what we were talking about before the break, with Derek Jeter now going to TV, I just wanted to mention one last thing, that Jeter and Brady really are great test cases because they're. I think they're essentially the same. I think they were incredibly schooled uh, even before they blew up big time about having one personality away from sports and the media and having different in front of the cameras. And now we're going to find out like if they're willing to show who they are, which I find fascinating, like who they really are behind the scenes. You don't think there was some of that with like Jason Strahan and Tiki Barber? Michael Strahan? Or Michael Strahan. <laughs> no, yeah. Michael Strahan was kind of a, a boob at times in front yeah. of the cameras. Like he, he went off one time about, uh, who was it? Was it Kelly Naki with a female reporter? And he started going on this, like, that's what a man does. And he's eating a sandwich all the time. I was like, he showed his true self. He can do TV and he can be obnoxious. He's actually what, what he's been able to do is like be really polished and go into the world right. of actually not, not saying anything. Yeah. Like on the NFL, he's okay. But you know, hosting, well, I mean, Adam can tell you hosting with Kelly Ripa is quite the training. Oh, she just lost Ryan Seacrest. Did she fire him or don't they have her husband in now? Is he's, that what she wanted the whole over, time? He's taking over for Seacrest. What's his name? Uh, Mark Consuelos. Okay. Is it she, but she's tough. She's tough to work with. I will not accept that. She is a perfect human being I who forgot. hosts a tremendous television show. 
But to your point, Strahan made a really good transition. Yep. I'm talking about, like, Adam's main argument with guys like Jeter and Brady is they're boring. And I don't think they're boring. Like, I like I do believe when whatever happened with that incident on the airplane where Brady and Affleck were on there and Affleck got blamed for it, it was kind of like a womanizing thing sort of accusation. And at the time, we were both like, hey, it was Brady. Affleck's covering for him. Like, Brady has a life. Like, like you don't – and same thing with Jeter. I mean – Cheaters dating history and NDAs and gift baskets and like going out and doing stuff. Like he had a, he obviously, he must be cool to hang out with. Same with Brady. But the question is, are they going to do that now when they're football and baseball announcers? I would say no. You believe they're, you believe both will not do it? Yes. Uh, I, I think, I think Brady, I think Brady is going to try to bring something just because I saw, you could see a little bit of his personality change when he got, over to the Buccaneers and some of the restrictions on social media and, and content were lifted. So I think he's going to lean into it and try. Um, I'm not so sure about Jeter. Me too. I think Jeter's going to be a really tough yeah. not to crack. Yeah, me too. If Brady is championship parade, boat boat parade Brady, yeah. I'm in. Oh, I think I think Get drunk on the air every day. Like That's fine. I'll, I'll watch that. I think he knows yeah. that. I think he knows that. I, I do. I mean, he was in what Ted two, or was it one? I think it was Ted two. Was right, appearance. he did that nude. He did that nude sex scene. Yeah, I mean he wasn't nude, but the harvesting you know, something the harvesting going on underneath the blanket with a bear. Sure. Yeah, I mean if that if it's that Brady, fine. He's got a sense of humor. Sure. I think Jeter does too, but I think Jeter's public image is so important to him that I don't know if he if he's willing to let loose. And I, I believe they're going to have him paired with a Rod, which then some people are like, oh, it's going to be Shaq and Barkley. I'm like, you got no shot of that. But I mean, like the juice is there behind the scenes. Like I don't know, I don't think A Rod hates Jeter, but I think Jeter hates A Rod. I just, I just don't. Right. I also don't like. I, I don't. I want to see guys rewarded for being who they are throughout their career. I don't want to see guys rewarded for hey, you're going to get all this money, be this polished person, and, and not have any personality. And then now I want to change, and oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a broadcaster now because I want broadcasting money. Like no, I don't want to see guys rewarded for that. So you have an action grind. So guys, who no, I want, you no, boring, I want guys that actually want, to work want with you, or then they get rewarded no, for, for being or, curmudgeons because that happens all the time with coaches or guys that are interesting throughout their, their career who are not making millions and millions and millions of dollars actually get an opportunity to have a job afterwards because they, they were personable and they did have a personality. A good argument. How about those guys getting rewarded? So the punter for the Raiders, AJ Cole should be rewarded. He should absolutely be a broadcaster. Will he he should do whatever he wants after he's done. Will he be? No, maybe. I mean, probably not. It's a long shot. I get your point. Yeah. yeah. You are either six foot five. And look like Chris Sim. Check that. Chris Sim is actually a good example. Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason, and you have played quarterback in the NFL, or you're Greg Olson. You look the same, but you play tight end. So is this more of a heightest thing? Because you're a tall guy. Maybe. Are you Maybe. standing? Well, AJ Cole's kind of tall. That's true. Well, it would be good if you were standing up for short people, for short yeah, athletes. Who would? <laughs> See how it turns? Gets ugly there. Right, I've, I don't care about the height of people. You're, just height, you're, a, you're a heightist. I am. That's factual. No, we got to the root of it. You're just mad at people who won't talk to you. It'd be interesting. No, I, I think guys should get rewarded for that. Yeah. Show show some personality. Show some you know some ability to have have an opinion. Have something to say. Be entertaining, and then you get rewarded with a job. So like Michael Irvin was interesting during his career. Sure. He was a showboat on the field. He got stabbed in the neck by uh, Charles Haley. Sure. Did, he, did Haley stab him? I think so. With the scissors? Sounds right. I don't know if it was him. I know Haley stabbed someone. Anyway, Michael Irvin is in the news from the Super Bowl, Justin. Sorry, we go on our little tirades there. He got into some incident at a hotel mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl. Uh, NFL Network told him go home. 
Yep. And now we've got lawsuits all over the place. Yep. I um, frivolous or we got something here. I think his is garbage, but um, he filed his lawsuit against um, Marriott in his hometown in Texas, even though the incident occurred in Arizona. And within 72 hours, the judge is ordering all of this discovery from from the Marriott. They haven't even answered the lawsuit yet, and they have to produce the video. They have to produce any communications they had um, and investigations they did with the alleged victim, uh, any communications with the NFL. This is, from an outsider's perspective looking in, this looks like some really trashy home cooking. I mean, this is this does not get ordered in any case, anywhere, at any time, except for Michael Irvin's case in his local jurisdiction. So, um, you know, the big news, the headline was, uh, they have to produ- produce all of this stuff and uh, promptly Marriott countersued and removed it to federal court. So the order from the state court judge is null. It, <laughs> it, it means nothing now. Right. We're in federal court, which is the appropriate thing to do in this instance. And I, I suspect that the case will even be transferred in venue over to Arizona, but maybe not. We'll we'll see what the what the federal court magistrate and judge have to think about that. But I think that Michael Irvin's defense of himself is a little bit shaky. Can we talk? Let's mention what the incident was. He yeah. he was alleged to have said something inappropriate. That's all we know to a woman at this hotel who works there. And then the hotel like, asked with, him to without hesitation. Yeah, they asked him to leave, but without hesitation, NFL Network apparently got wind of the story, I guess got enough details, and they're like, just go home. Yeah. So he feels like his reputation has been sullied here, and he says, well, he did admit he doesn't even know what he said. Well, that's the thing. That he, that so he, 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 sues he, had been, this, he had been drinking. He sues this woman for $100 million, and his defense is, hey, this conversation was only 45 seconds. I don't know what I said, but I'm surprised by this. And, like, like as if you can't say something inappropriate in 45 seconds – you can say lots of inappropriate things in 45 seconds. So the fact that he sued this woman for $100 million and he doesn't even know what she said he said. And he doesn't know what he said. Wait, what? Is a joke. I'm it's gonna, a joke. I'm going to start a timer right now. How many inappropriate things could you say in 45 seconds? I could say a lot. <laughs> Don't cut them off. Yeah. It's like being in a courtroom. Keep going. <laughs> opening, opening statement. I love this. Well, it is. It, it's it's a mis- it, It's an abuse of the process, and I hope he has been countersued, and I'm sure that they have for abuse of process. And cite all of his own interviews in which he says, "I don't know," because if you don't know what was said, how in the world can you sue somebody for a hundred million dollars? We've talked about the "I was drunk" excuse. That's not a, my defense. Not an excuse. E- even more so, you don't know what you said so if you don't know what you said and you admit you're inebriated shouldn't we take the woman's word for what she says that you said so the the issue that he has also with the employer sending him home does it matter if he was still paid or not like if, I mean, if they ma- send him home and say hey you're still getting paid just go home it 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 matters to the extent that he's alleging that she intentionally or marriott intentionally um impacted his contractual relationship with his employer. So could it in theory? Yes, but but there is an intent requirement there. That means that they would have to prove that Marriott or the woman sought to communicate with the NFL for the purposes of having them break a contract 
obligation to Michael Irvin and damage him financially for it, not pay him or either just break off the contract. Whereas it may have just been as simple as the NFL network paid for the room. And when they kicked him out, they refunded the payment and NFL contact says, Hey, what's up with this? I, I'm just guessing. I'm speculating. Right. I want to make, make that clear. And NFL calls and says, Hey, we got a refund for this room. Why said he was asked to leave the premises. Huh. It could be something that simple where there's no intent whatsoever to actually damage Michael Irvin or interfere with his contractual relationships with his employer. So I, I'm really interested to see what happens when they get this removed to federal court, because whoever, whoever the, the, the judge was for um, the, the local state judge, I would have to see the filings, but it's really, really, really unorthodox to see the orders come down like that um, for production before they've answered. Now, in order to preserve the evidence, okay, but to actually produce it to the other side before you've answered is, is a little bit odd. On the way back, I got fooled. I was taken by a tweet. I believed it hook, line, and sinker until I did something today and realized not the case. Could the subjects of a fake parody tweet that doesn't say it's a parody account, could they sue? I want to find out on the way back. 766-1400 is the number. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, offices in Henderson, Vegas, and in Reno. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on in this 4 o'clock hour. You know, on this show, we all exchange ideas. Some make the show, some don't. And I've been waiting for the last, like, five days for Adam to send over a story about Ohio State and Justin Fields because he's a Michigan fan. So... I see a post late, late last week with a video attached, uh, Justin Fields, on a Barstool podcast. Quote, I was going to stay at Georgia, but Ohio State boosters were offering me bags of cash to transfer. I'm talking three, 400 grand in cash plus a Benz. And this was before NIL. Back then, uh, O State paid more than any SEC school. Ryan Day, a boss. Just hadn't gotten to it, right? So the Vast Sound crew uh, decides to look for that today because I'm like, yeah, hey, we got some Michigan-Ohio State stuff we can get to. We'll see Jay Stroud coming up. The video was silent. And then I start going crazy, right? I'm like, my computer, like, where's the audio? So then I try my laptop, no audio. I try other sources. I like TikTok for stuff. I try that. I'm like, what's going on here? I look through the thread, 50 comments deep, nothing. Then I do a search. I'm like, this must have been picked up a lot by college football people. No legit college football people pick it up. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? So as it turns out, it was just a fake post. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to know by the silence. What if someone actually ran with it? This is clearly a joke. I, I'm not, this doesn't say parody account. But when you put something out like that with quotes from Justin Fields, could you open yourself up to a lawsuit from Justin Fields or from Ohio State? Sure, you can. Um, I will say that the First Amendment does protect um, freedom of speech and copyright. Uh, I mean, this isn't the state actor, but and copyright and, and trademark law protects satire and parody. 
meaning you can't say, well, you can't use my image and likeness. You can't use my words um, or you can't use this footage of, a, of an interview I did and then make fun of it or mm. uh, use satire in, in, in you get a, there's there's something called the fair use doctrine, which means I can you I could fairly use your trademark and copyrighted stuff to the extent that I'm making it an original of my own. This one interestingly walks the line because it just removed the audio. And does that make it its own? Is that true parody? Is that true satire? I don't know. I don't I don't know that that would win the day in court by captioning a false quote and then removing the audio. Um, it's a close one, though. I, I, if, it, if it were me, I would say that is not parody or satire. It's an intention to deceive, not an intention to entertain to two different um, you know, both parody and satire are for entertainment purposes, and I don't see the entertainment value here. Well, I laughed. It's entertaining. I, I, I'm when with, I saw it. I'm well. I'm with Steve. I, I bought it. I was close. I, I will say when I saw it, I think it was like last Friday or Saturday, whatever it was. I saw it, and I, I went to, I immediately was like, oh, here we go. And I went to like quote tweet it, and then I went to look at the audio, and I was like, oh, this is a joke. Okay, that's yeah. crazy. Um, but I. At first, before I looked into it, I, I certainly thought, I was like, yeah, that sounds like something that he would say. Yeah, <laughs> For exactly. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is true. And I was very happy that it was, you know, a shot at Ohio State. Well, it's actually crediting Ohio State, but kind of a shot at them. But, uh, yeah, I figured it out pretty quickly. But I, I, I know there were people. I saw the comments of people reacting to it and didn't know that it was a, a joke. It was good. Yeah. It was real got, good. They got people. Let's do a giveaway right now. Mount West Conference Tournament's in town March 5th to the 11th. Thomas and Mac, 364-1100 is a number. Caller 7 gets... Uh, two tickets to a session of the Mountain West Conference tournament. Uh, tickets as cheap as uh, seventy-five bucks for all of the female sessions. Also, uh, as low for the men as twenty-five bucks a session. You can get uh, specific days, um, you know, sessions one through nine. That includes the semis and the finals. So go check it out. TheMW.com/slash2023 for the folks in Reno, or go right to the Nevada Wolfpack website, or here in Vegas, you can go to UNLVTickets.com, but right now, Caller 7 wins a pair of Mountain West Conference Tournament tickets from Ari, 364-1100. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Justin Watkins, to lay down the law. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, we're back. Cofield and Company. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Justin is here with us. Watkins at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. 766-1400. If you need legal advice, you've got legal issues, these are the guys to call. And women. 766-1400 from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Adam Hill is with us as well. We have like 10 stories to get to. We don't have time to get to all of them. So we will go in, I think, one direction. We'll see how long this goes. But the, uh, the stuff going on at Alabama... Can you explain the origins of this, Adam, with a basketball player involved in a shooting and murder? Yeah, the story that, as we knew it uh, for the last several weeks since it happened, was that there was a basketball player uh, and a friend of his who was non-basketball player from Al- at Alabama uh, that were involved in a shooting. Uh, the non-basketball player ended up shooting up a car uh, on campus, and a female who was not a student was killed. Uh, the most recent revelations in this case, uh, at least as they are being reported, is that there was several basketball players that were hanging out. 
Several of them went home and then were called back to the scene by a couple of very intoxicated individuals and said, bring a gun. And the player, one of the players brought a gun back to the scene and then handed it to the non-student who was a friend who was very intoxicated and he shot up a car and the girl ended up dead. Uh, that is the newest parts of this case. Now, people are freaking out saying, how is that not a crime if you bring a gun back to a scene, hand it to a drunk person who shoots up a car? That should probably be a crime. Uh, I know there has to be a lot more to the case, obviously, uh, that is out there, but um, this has not been handled well, seemingly, by the University of Alabama basketball program since it happened. Yeah, and one of the other facts that had well, alleged facts that had come out is when the, the player, Brandon Miller, had returned to the scene with the gun that he had parked behind the alleged victim's Jeep in a way that blocked them in from evading the scene. Right. So now the, the authorities have pushed back on that quite a bit. Let me, let me relay what they say the facts are that they are deciding as to whether or not and how they can press charges and against whom, against whom and for what. Brandon Miller had come with uh, a gentleman named Miles to the bar earlier that day, and when he brought him, Miles had left in the back seat a gun wrapped in his sweatshirt. Um, it is alleged that Brandon Miller did not know that there was a gun in that sweatshirt. Brandon Miller went home. Miles stayed with another friend, Davis. Davis was the shooter. Um, and there had been some sort of confrontation with this couple, whether words were said or physical altercation. It's it's unclear, but clearly there, there at least was words exchanged to the point where the sides were confrontational. Uh, Miles called Brandon Miller back to the bar and said, hey, come back. I have my gun in my sweatshirt in your car. So Miller came back, parked in a normal parking spot. He did not, according to the authorities, block in this Jeep. Miles went into the car, did not have any words with Brandon Miller, got his sweatshirt and his gun out of the car, then went over to Davis, gave him the gun, and told him it was loaded. Davis then fired on the, the Jeep and the couple. So from the authority standpoint in order to be an accessory uh, or to aid in, in, in an assist in a crime in the state of alabama it is what's called a specific intent crime that means that that person has to intend that their actions will assist in the commission of the crime and what they're saying is we have no knowledge whatsoever that brandon miller knew that a gun was going to be used in the commission of a crime in any way. He was asked to return to give back the gun to the owner of the gun. It was not Brandon Miller's gun. It was a, a third party's. Well, actually not a third party. The, Miles and Davis are both being charged with capital murder. Right. <clears throat> so the person who did give the gun to the shooter with the intent that it being used is being charged. Brandon Miller, apparently, from the facts that we are being presented from the authorities, is simply the person whose car that Miles had left the gun in. And that's all that they can prove. So from that perspective, A, I understand why no charges are being filed yet. Um, 
if he had parked in the manner that that was initially reported, if he had blocked that car in, that's going to prove intent. Right. That there is some sort of intent to harm or bay or hurt or, um, you know, uh, the, the the occupants of the Jeep, Jeep. But they have, via his cell phone, actually been able to confirm where he parked. So they they have refuted that that side of the story. So without that, um, and without any words being exchanged between Miller and Miles, I, I don't think he's committed a crime either. What I mean, at some point, uh, I guess responsibility is different than legal responsibility. If you know that your friends are drunk and they say, bring that gun to me. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the way that the the public is reacting to this is, is they're putting words in the situation. I could just as easily put different words into the situation, which is, Hey, miles calls Brandon. Hey, I left my sweatshirt in your car and there's a gun in there. You probably want to bring that back to me to which if I'm the, if I'm the person who owns that car, I'm like, yeah, I don't want a gun in my car. That's not mine that I don't know about. Actually, I'll be throwing that in the trash. I'm yeah. not bringing it back to you. Yeah, well, whatever, you know, whatever that case may be, um, and we don't know the level of inebriation of anybody. We don't know if they're showing obvious signs of inebriation. We don't know if the, you know, it was a text allegedly. I told him to bring it back. Um, if it was a phone call, how he sounded, if he sounded aggressive, what have you. But outside of Brandon Miller knowing that they intended to commit a crime and him assisting in doing that, if it had been his gun and he gave it to Miles. You, you might have something there. But it's literally Miles's gun who's giving back to Miles. So, Brandon Miller is a potential lottery pick, uh, one of the top players in the country. This, The way it was reported, as we originally talked about, if, if it is very different from what actually transpired, could obviously affect how NBA teams see him, where he is potentially picked, all those things. I guess, where was the where was the breakdown and could anyone else be liable for how they reported it if it does affect his future no i don't think so uh, number one um going after the claim would be defamation right going after defamation for local authorities for trying to report the facts as they learn them and keep the public informed is protected you're not gonna they're immune from that you're not gonna be able to 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 sue them for that um unless you had some level of crazy specific intent on that and, and I, I don't see that happening here. I mean, in fact, the authorities have been the ones who have been pushing back against the reporting of the media when they have reported facts that are untrue. Where the media is getting those facts, other witnesses, I don't know what, where, where they're getting it, but clearly they're not getting it from the authorities because the authorities have had to make statements in order to push back. So, um, and you know better than anybody, the protection media um, has against defamation um, it's an actual malice standard. Um, the media trying to find information and talking to people who think they know or other witnesses or people around that is certainly not going to rise to that level. So I, I don't see anything as actionable here, um, especially because as the information is coming out, we we have um, reason to believe that it's accurate. And if NBA teams want to take that accurate information and make a decision and say, you know what, we still think it's immoral and we're going to push you down. Well, you know, truth is an absolute defense. 
they, they are telling the true story. Justin Watkins is here with us. All right, the other angle to get to is Nate Oates, because Nate Oates said something the other day at a press conference, and now I see calls all over Twitter for him to get fired. I'm like, wait, what just happened? What was the quote? Well, there was it was a very long quote, where, which he essentially got to, hey, college kid, wrong place, wrong time. Now, the way Justin has you know kind of corrected the reporting or found the accurate, the accurate uh, part of this, it is more close. It is closer to that. Well, we don't know what we don't, honestly. We it can absolutely be that, and it could be something a little bit more immoral. You know, depending on what was specifically communicated to to Brandon Miller from Miles. If Miles said, "Hey, come bring back that gun. We need to use it <laughs> right right now," and and went on to say like that they have some beef with somebody there and that they intend to to scare him or shoot him or kill him or whatever it may be. Well, then that, that's a different story. None of that has been reported um, other than the authorities saying they don't believe they have any evidence that miles communicated to Miller, the intent for use or the intent to use the, the gun. What, I mean, what about just, and again, this, you know, the details of this are still to be learned, but is there anything to willingly delivering a gun to somebody that you know is intoxicated? No. And on top of it, remember, it's their gun. You can have it when you're sober. <laughs> that, I'll bring that, it back to you when you're, you're sober. Right. That might be the right thing to do, but that's <laughs> it's not an illegal thing to do. Um, to you know, drunk people are allowed to possess their property. I thought it was I thought there was well, in Alabama I'm sure yeah. there's no gun laws, but red flag I, laws? Yeah. Well I thought you but I also thought there was – isn't there something to possessing a, possessing a loaded firearm while intoxicated? I thought that was an actual law. Yeah. The person who's possessing it is committing a crime. The person who gives that person their gun isn't is that not – like handing somebody stolen property? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of the same. It's, if it's illegal to possess it, it's illegal. it should be illegal to give it. No, you. no. It, we, and if my memory jogs in the next five minutes before we end, I'll, we had that case. We talked about that on the air about um, – possession of something was a crime and somebody had given it to that person so then did they commit a crime by give by allowing it to be possession and it, we talked about it recently and I'll, I'll try to think of what the the facts were but but no delivery of an item it's not illegal until it is possessed and therefore the delivery is not actually part of the illegal act quick hitter in the final minute with justin Watkins. i saw a tweet about um minibar prices you know everything up on the strip is going up and up and up and, you know, you look at it, you're like, wow, it's kind of gouging the people coming from outside the market. I saw someone tweet about uh, checking out a place or checking out of a place. The Fiji water I drank uh, from the minibar turned out to be twenty five dollars. What legally what prevents uh, Vegas you know, strip properties from charging like a thousand dollars for a bottle of water? Or when I return a rental car, why can't they just go, hey, you know what? You didn't fill it up. The gas is thirty nine dollars a gallon. Yeah. I mean, there's price gouging laws and, you know, that assessment. I mean, I think. I think the legislature should pass a law that talks about specifically for water. We live in a desert and people, we have health issues with people who come here to enjoy themselves when they are dehydrated, people die from it. I think specifically for water, we should cap the the price that they can put on it, like call it two times the retail price. Okay, fine. So Fiji water is normally, I don't know, four bucks, you can charge eight bucks, but we gotta give people access to, to hydration so that they've not, not drinking water because it cost them 25 bucks. It's ridiculous. 
Reno goes bye-bye now. You can hear the entire show at lvsportsnetwork.com. You can also hear the archives of this conversation, this hour, with Justin Watkins at lvsportsnetwork.com. And you can hear the show every day, Monday to Friday, Cofield & Company, 3 to 6 at lvsportsnetwork.com. 5 o'clock hour is coming up. We'll get back into some college basketball. Also, a hit on second half of the NBA is on the way.